Before we get started, this episode of the Food Grower Podcast is sponsored by Direct Plants Limited, and specifically their amazing range of polytunnels. We use these strong and affordable tunnels on both Jack's Patch and Fanfield Farm, and we love them. Direct Plants manufacture the tunnels themselves so that you can buy your polytunnel direct from the manufacturer, and not just any manufacturer, but from growers too, so that they really understand what you need. These traditional high-quality polytunnels are available in a range of sizes to fit your growing needs and they're manufactured here in the UK in Norfolk. We're delighted to bring you a brilliant 10% off the entire range at directplants.co.uk. Simply head over there and use the code FOODGROWER at checkout. That's FOODGROWER, all one word, no spaces, at directplants.co.uk. This episode is also brought to you by Natural Grower. Natural Grower's award-winning liquid fertiliser, plant feed and soil conditioner is made entirely from maize. It's naturally rich in nitrogen, potash, phosphate and other trace elements that plants and vegetables love. And it's approved by the Soil Association, Vegan Society and Biodynamic Association. The concentrated natural fertiliser can be poured around the base of plants, whilst the plant feed and soil conditioner can be mixed into the soil or used as a mulch on the surface as a long-term, slow-release fertiliser on all outdoor and indoor plants. Both Jack and I have been using the Natural Grower products this year and have seen amazing results and we have a fantastic 15% off the entire Natural Grower range for you. Simply go to naturalgrower.co.uk and enter foodgrower15 at checkout. Welcome to the Food Grower Podcast, the podcast that tells the story, highlights the techniques and talks tactics with food growers from all around the world. From market gardeners to allotment holders, field farmers to urban farmers, we want this podcast to inspire you to grow food or help you on your already existing food empire. I'm Chris from Fanfield Farm. I'm Jack from Jack's Patch. And this week we're joined by Amy, owner and grower at Nell's Urban Greens, uh, one word on Instagram. Hey Amy, how's your week going? Hey Jack, yeah I'm good, thank you. Had a good week, another busy week. Our weeks are quite similar, so um, yeah, yeah. Been a good one? Good, good. Um, we always like to go back on the podcast and get to know the grower from where they started. So um, what got you into microgreens or your just growing journey? Um, I guess I started, I've been in vegetables for the last 20 years. For like the whole of my 20s, I worked at an environmental education centre. Um, so we were teaching kids how to grow food, teaching adults how to grow food, lots of other environmental education activities. Um, and that's when I started. Like, I didn't grow any food when I was young at all. I wasn't around any kind of food growing when I was young. Um, so yeah, that's what that's what got me going. We had a really um, quite inspirational volunteer that worked at the centre. Uh, she was amazing at growing food, and that's that's kind of where I caught the bug. Really, then got excited about it, um, and then just started growing in my garden, and I've done that ever since. And then yeah, I guess like fast forward fifteen years, and um, yeah, I just I'm just really interested in market gardening, and I never ever thought that growing food could provide a living for yourself. I, I've always thought farms, like food growing farms, particularly vegetable growing farms, as you know, massive operations. You need loads of money to get started. You need loads of land as well. You need loads of staff. Um, and I just didn't think that was something I'd be able to do. Um, but I've just been interested in it. I've read books for years, um, you know, watched YouTube videos about market gardening, just been really interested in it. And I think like quite a lot of people are starting out over here now. Um, just started, you know, following a lot of the American farms, Canadian farms. Um, and it was Curtis Stone, like it has been for a lot of people. Um, and I got his book and I was kind of watching him on YouTube first, bought his book. Um, and that's when I first discovered microgreens. Um, never heard of them before. Um, and this was like the beginning of 2017. 
um, got a bit obsessed with the idea. Um, I really, I kind of wanted to market garden at the time and just trying to find land in Leeds, trying to, it just seemed like such a massive task. And I was kind of at the point in my career where I really wanted to do something for myself and like work on my own as well. And I thought that'd be a really difficult thing, <laughs> like growing enough food to make a living and do it all on my own as well. Um, not let alone like finding finding a decent site to do it. So uh, microgreens just seemed like something I could do like straight away, and I could do it from home. And you know, you get crops so fast. And I, I just really, really liked the idea. Um, got obsessed with it. Started growing. Um, started selling like four months after that, and then nine months after that, I quit my job. Went to Canada for a few weeks um, to kind of decide that this was exactly what I wanted to do. Came back and just went straight in. A full time running my microgreens farm. Wow, wow! <laughs> but it was it was a bit of a risk, but it's like it's what I say to everyone now. It's you know, start 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 growing if you enjoy it, brilliant. Start selling if you enjoy that side of it, brilliant. Um, and and then you know, I, I think everyone gets gets a feeling whether it's doable within their area and their city. And I had a massive feeling that this could work in Leeds and that I could that I could make a full time living out of it. So it was a bit of a risk, but. I don't have kids, I don't have dependents, and I <laughs> live quite frugally. So yeah, I just I just kind of went for it. Yeah, wow, that's so that's so great. I mean, I really resonate with that, and I did I didn't like I know you like through through social media, and we spoke on the phone before, but I didn't realise you uh, Curtis Stone uh, got you into it. I just assumed it was uh, Nate's course because we've both done the same microgreen course, but that's exactly the same time and Curtis Stone was the guy that made me realize when I was on an allotment and watching mm. his videos um, that you could actually make money out of it and that it could be a living exactly. and, and you could start small so I think that's the always the biggest barrier when you see big market gardens or people farming you're like oh there's a barrier between me just growing in my garden mm. to that and there was no uh, stepping stone I feel like he really put that stepping stone forward so I'm massively I never thought it'd be possible like just growing you know growing my own salad crops and it's like how on earth do you could you ever make a living out of this and yeah and it, it was definitely him he just popped up one day while I was scrolling on social media and um and that was it and then yeah I guess following on from that I then found um I found Nate and Michael Green's farm online and then yeah took that course um, and and that was it that's when those guys were really blowing up as well, 2017, yeah. wasn't it? So yes. yeah, yeah. They, were, they were just putting a lot of content out. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely um, Curtis in that, he had that like self-built yes. greenhouse bit, didn't he? Yeah. And he just had tra- trays and trays of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm gl- you kind of answered that as well. Why microgreens? And it's because I think that is a stepping stone crop. And would you say definitely. that for people in terms of just like instead starting small it's like the quick win crop isn't it yeah yeah definitely and you know and the fact that you can yeah you can just turn them around so fast and just do it in such a small space um and obviously from a customer's point of view you know they taste amazing um you know that you know it's something that's really attractive to people as well because a lot of people like people i was selling to just never come across microgreens before um so yeah so it was exciting and that's yeah that's kind of what what drew me to it originally like i i, I i've called my 
business, Nell's Urban Greens. I did, and I never said microgreens because I thought, you know, this could be the gateway crop and then I can move on to market garden later. Mm-hmm. And so I just kept it as greens and I just, I love microgreens so much and I make a decent living from it. And I've <laughs> just stayed, I've just stayed at that. And yeah, and it's, it's working really well for me. So, um, yeah, I think you're right. I think the attraction is the uh, the profit side of it because there's something that always sticks yeah. in my head when I had allotment and an old guy said to me, you'll never make money doing this. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, oh, that's my spur <laughs> yeah. to be like, screw you, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Yeah, yeah. It is surprising to people. I, I was speaking to a guy yesterday, I was collecting some compost from me um, and he said, oh, this is brilliant. We're talking about the business. And, and he said, oh, what do you do for your day job? And I was like, this is my day job. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean? You, you're growing food and making a full-time living. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm making as much money as I have done in any of my previous jobs doing this. Um, and it was just really surprising. And I think it is to a lot of people. Um, and that's that's the exciting bit. I think that's what's attracting so many people to this type of growing now. Yeah, definitely. And, and, the, and the thing is, it's a small space that so someone can set up at home um, or just start really small. And the, and the thing is, it's like one of those Costco racks you can get the lights and yeah that's what I love about it is start small start indoors it doesn't matter if you you don't need a farm you don't need land you just need just somewhere that's semi sterile that you can clean and uh, and we will come to that in a bit when we talk about your grow space Mm. but I like I I like that you went to so you went to Canada and was that just the inspiration in terms of like I know you went as a trip but I know microgreens are quite big out there and it was it seeing it firsthand and seeing how it works yeah and I've been to so I went out to Vancouver and I've been there a couple of times before as well and I kind of just wanted a holiday as well I just finished working really hard for the previous five years and so I just kind of wanted to get away for a bit but yeah I guess it was Vancouver food peddlers that massively inspired me I loved those uh, those people and they have you come across them before uh, food. Vancouver food peddlers they basically they set up they were one of the original projects that set up in a um, shipping container in the middle of Vancouver um, and they had it like semi natural light as well so they converted like half of it into um, just kind of like plastic um, so like natural light could get in and yeah and they just they they um, they delivered fully on bikes around around Vancouver um, and they were yeah massively inspirational and I finally met them when I went over there so um so that was yeah that was really great and I went to one of the markets that they were doing and had a really nice chat with them and we kind of stayed in touch ever since so yeah that quite inspirational and obviously like food out in Vancouver is incredible and I stayed part of the trip I stayed on a um, small island um, between Vancouver Island and the mainland um, and literally there was like there was one pub on this island and I was wild camping and this is the only place I could go eat and they had microgreens on their food <laughs> and you know it was just a small place in Midland it's so common place there um, and what struck me about the markets as well is there wasn't just one microgreen seller there wasn't two like I think it was about four at the actual the market that I went to and that's every week like week in, week out, year round. Um, and I, I think that's amazing. It's such a, um, it's just such a part of people's diet over there. Um, and people are used to, you know, that fresh food and they go for it. And projects over there are doing incredibly well um, with it. Yeah. And I, what I love about like us guys saying, oh, 2017 was really hot year. It's, it's great that those guys are like five to eight years ahead of us so the blueprint is there for us to follow i know yeah it's a, it's a beautiful thing really because we can see that happening and then 
you, uh, something beautiful. One of my mates said the other day, and I've, I took it and I love it. And it's the wave is coming, uh, but you've got a surfboard and you know how to surf. Yes. So it, it's like nice. you're ready for when more more growers start coming in. You've got yourself yeah. established and yeah. and almost like if people can get advice from you, great. Uh, but also more businesses know that you're the one that's established, got a good chain. Yeah. Uh, linked to cafes and people know that your stuff's your product's good and that's that's great um so going back home to leeds from vancouver to leeds how did you start um like making that link to those pubs and cafes did you know any previous that might yeah so i was i was already sorry i was already growing um so i started growing in kind of like the march that year before i went full-time in october um so I, I guess my first time I sold anything, I was at the time I was working for a cycling organisation and we were hot desking in a um, in an art centre in town um, upstairs and there was a cafe downstairs. Um, so I'd sneak some microgreens in, I'd go downstairs at lunchtime and I went and spoke to the chef there and it just turned out that he was absolutely amazing and he was, he's recently moved to Spain but for years it was almost like my mentor um and you know he was really excited about what I was doing and he had you know an amazing chef in background so it was able to give me so much advice like you brought in way too many pea shoots <laughs> and charging <laughs> that we want less and you can charge this for it and you know it's all the really simple stuff so um yeah that's how I started I started there and literally like every maybe week every couple of weeks I'd um I'd get someone else on board and, and I was dead nervous I'd never like worked with um restaurant trade at all before I'd never been in a professional kitchen like ever before this was the first time I'd ever been in one it felt weird um so yeah I, ju- I just did it really gradually and I just I tried to target the places that I like to eat um, and also, you know, the really nice independent, little, like small independent places that were really championing um, local food and local produce in Leeds and they were all absolutely lovely. And that's that's kind of that's kind of how I, um, how I got in and I just, I just, like every few weeks, I just approached someone else and just keep, keep increasing. So it was, it was predominantly, it was just cafes and restaurants when I first started and I probably supplied them for about a year before I started supplying any other customer streams. Yeah, nice. I think it's nice to know your like route to market. You get happy with those people, and especially when they're buying yeah. consistently as well. It's it's a nice feeling because you know your product's good, which is bottom Just line. Just making that relationship, it was really nice. Like I've met, I've met so many friends doing this, like new friends who I'd never have. It just would never, our paths would just never cross, you know, like chefs and people working in this industry. And um, and, and it's amazing. And I love that, that social side of things as well. Um It'd probably be more efficient for my farm if I just sent everything to a distributor every week and, you know, I'd have enough money and that'd be it. But I just, I love that that connection. I love getting out there into the city and, you know, chatting to people, eating at people's places and just like just being part of that, that community, that food community yeah. um, on our doorstep. Yeah, definitely. And and then, your, so your route to market is still chefs and uh, like restaurants and cafes and... Um, think when we spoke you said about people picking up from your doorstep yeah so i've got like three main customer streams so i've got the cafes and the restaurants um that i supply directly to um and then we have got a distributor which is a local um, organic farm that's just up the road and um, so our micros go into their um their veg boxes year round as well that's, yeah it's amazing um and um, and then i've got my community micros stream which is, is all our local customers 
Um, so our local customers have an option so they can, we've got some pickup points throughout the city so they can just get in touch with me, say I want to pick up from wherever, um, and that just all gets delivered there. Um, or as we were saying the other day, like so many people now just come and collect directly from us. So we're a pickup point as well. Um, and that's just a matter of putting produce out on the day that's been freshly harvested the night before. Um, on the doorstep, people just come and help themselves to it. Um, and, you know, that's that's perfect. That's that's kind of what you want. <laughs> people coming to collect from you exactly like where you're growing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and it's it's been important for us to have those three different customer streams as well. Just um, particularly when the pandemic hit, mm. um, like we, it's like three quarter, yeah, three quarters of the business was in in restaurants and cafes, and that went overnight on whenever it was twentieth of March in twenty twenty, um, and it just so happened that I've been working a year with the organic farm. Um, and it just so happened that people weren't going to supermarkets anymore, so they were inundated with uh, with requests for veg boxes. So their sales absolutely shot up, and literally, like within a day, that I was I had a phone call from them just saying, "Bring me everything that you've got. Like send us everything that you've got." So we I didn't lose any produce. So if I hadn't have had that extra customer stream, then we'd have been in trouble during the pandemic, I think. Um, but yeah, we were just really lucky, and then I'm just really up to the residential sales during that time as well. Yeah, so we survived and thrived. We did. It. We had a really good year during during the pandemic year, despite everything. I was going to say that as well because it it was in the hunger gap. So my market garden mm. was just like it was, yeah, it was like exactly. nothing, yeah. nothing growing, which was such, yeah. it was a bit of a shame. But um, as well, what I like about that is that you you have those different customers, so you diversify at the start. You don't rely on one just yeah. in case things like that happened which was really out and that's pretty extreme that's like that's yeah. that's the worst that could happen. <laughs> yeah definitely but, but and we cope so that's that's good <laughs> but that, that's it but it, what i like about it is that it probably turned more to like straight to customer which is a better price as well yes, like having yeah. getting that retail price which is great more people knew what microgreens were and also the nutrition of those people got boosted by eating microgreens totally. yeah yeah and I want to talk. And, and they were able to get that without leaving the house. Um, yes. We've got quite a lot of older customers as well, more vulnerable um, customers. And, you know, they definitely weren't leaving the house during that time. Um, and I, I would just, I was back on the bike and I was just round door to door and just bringing people, you know, delicious, nutritious food <laughs> every week. Brilliant. No, that, that's brilliant. And I'd like to touch on the, the health benefits of microgreens because people, uh, even at my markets and stuff go oh is that just cress and i'm like no <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. because cress is like really underpriced when you go to the supermarket it's like in the pe- pennies in it the yeah. little pots of 20p for a pot of cress oh yeah so <laughs> when you're trying to sell something that kind of looks a little bit similar for like yeah. three quid or whatever people are like what but yeah. they need to know that it's completely different um so yeah do you have you got any, not so much stats, but let's talk about like the health side. I'd, of- I'd love to, I know we were chatting about this um, earlier this week about the health benefits and some of your customers, you know, of, um, you know, we're telling you of definite health benefits that they, that they've come across. And I'd, I'd absolutely love for a study to be done in this. Mm. As far as, far as I, as far as I know, there's like one official like proper scientific study that's been done in America 
um, that just states that broccoli, uh, broccoli microgreens, uh, you know, have got 40 times more um, nutritious benefit than the than its um, bigger counterpart. Um, you know, which is great, um, but it'd be great to have that linked to people's health as well, um, because they are like they're, they're small crops, so the flavour is massively concentrated, and then the nutrients are massively more concentrated. Um, and yeah, and I'm, I'm not great at this actually, like communicating this. I don't. I'm always reluctant when I when I see people saying. Um, microgreens cure this microgreens cure cancer Um, and I I think that can be a little bit dangerous and I don't you know I I do I do say you know I say that they're healthy they're very nutrient dense um, but I don't want to be making wild claims Um, so that's why I'd love like a proper study to be done you know so we can properly communicate this to people Um, like I don't say that to the public but I do like publicly on social media but obviously if we're doing markets I'm talking to my customers I've got lots of customers that um, buy microgreens every single week like big quantities for health for health reasons so you know we talk about it a lot but um, they are they're super super healthy um, I don't like the word superfood neither um, I think mm. all plants are superfood um, but they're very nutrient dense and um, yeah really good good source of, of nutrients for people yeah that, that's it and, and it is the concentrated so like when I look at a a tray of broccoli microgreens mm. it's like a farm of broccoli really yeah. like yeah. just condensed mm. and yeah you saying like it being cut that size all that all the nutrients and energy that's in that small sprout is going to be a yeah. big plant so yes. it's you're you're just a handful of them is just insane i mean obviously the numbers are co- a very it's very fast isn't it they say four mm. to 40 times like it's hard to just say that with confidence isn't it to, mm-hmm. but but there, there's a lot of claims about the mineral density nutritional density totally. yeah. um and then certain things that you can't really get in other food like um poly, uh, polyphenols yes yeah 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 um so yeah i think a lot of a lot of the health benefits are great and what i love is that you can put it on anything exactly and it's like it's, it's ready to eat it's just dead easy nothing you don't have to do any cooking to it whatsoever um, put it on your breakfast. Put my broccoli microgreens on your on your porridge on a morning. <laughs> yeah, that extra boost in every single meal. Um, Definitely, yeah. yeah and, and the good thing is, there's like the different taste, different textures, different crunch, and totally. yeah, that, I, I love it. So Just flavors, like you know, people. I didn't know you could eat sunflower shoots um, when I first started. Um, and I can remember when they were the first, I was first growing them. They were a bit of a faff, and like the seed holds onto them, and. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm not going to do these. And then they were grown and I tasted them and I was like, that's insane. That's like, that's that's something so different to what I've tasted before and the crunch and the flavour. And then I read about them and they're packed with protein, yep. loads of minerals, loads of vitamins. And I'm just like, yeah, and that, that's in every single one of my salad mixes that goes out every week. And, and it has been for the last five years because, yeah, they're, they're brilliant. Um, so, yeah, it's about, it's about education, I guess, as well. Um people being able to eat stuff they didn't know they could you know they could eat yeah exactly that it it is that because i even have chefs coming uh to the shipping container of try oh what's this it's sunflowers mm. but and they're like i didn't know you could eat sunflowers but um yeah you're right it is that i think it's quite a moorish taste as well it's got like a real good crunch to yeah. it um and you can make a lot of noise eating a big <laughs> for sure um just putting salad mixes as well because a lot of the other microgreens are really quite you know quite delicate yeah uh, quite soft and then to have them as like a texture and um, contrast is yeah they're, they're, they're amazing no definitely I, de- I definitely rate them um 
So, Amy, as well, like being, I, I see you as like one of the top microgreen growers in the country just because I've followed you on Facebook as well. For so long, yeah, I know, I'm throwing it all out there, aren't I? <laughs> um, but what I liked, I've, I've, I've quite enjoyed your, so let's talk about your Facebook group. Okay. Yeah. Um, because that's, I mean, we spoke on Instagram at a later date and you was like, I didn't know you was on my Facebook group. I've been on it since day one. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, yeah, that sounds creepy, doesn't it? <laughs> I've been following you for ages. <laughs> um, but yeah, so day one, I was on your microgreen group and it's a really solid UK microgreen growers. Everyone helps each other out. So mm-hmm. you're not really dictating the the group at all it's like other people do all the work really everyone's at a different stage and everyone's helping each other out totally, yeah um, what, what's the size of that group now would you do you know numbers or? yeah about about 1200 nice. i think we've got in there um so yeah that's that's another project that i started a couple of years ago and it's called farm microgreens uk um and yeah it was just in response to us not having the uk specific information for microgreens growing you know and um, growing is quite universal so you can watch youtube videos and stuff but in terms of like your equipment and ju- just talking in pounds rather than dollars as well yeah, i think totally. um, loads more like attractive to British growers um, and ju- just everything that's specific to this country really and um, so I was getting I'd, I'd been on you know I've been running my business for three years up to that point and I was just getting asked like every day where do you get your racks from where do you get your seeds from where do you get and I was like do you know what let's just start um, let's just start a community um, of like-minded people and it turns out there's a lot of like-minded people in the UK which is amazing um, so so yeah that's been going for two years and we've got a brilliant group of people in there all at different stages we've got people in there that have been doing it as long as I have we've got people every day joining brand new really interested and and yeah like you say I you know I put content in there every so often but also you know people are just in there a lot answering questions and, and just offering support to each other and it's um it's brilliant I love it I'm really pleased to set it up we are delighted to have partnered on the food grower podcast with react tools React Tools are the number one place for market gardening and growers tools in the UK. We have seen tools like the Jang Cedar, Paper Pot Transplanter and the Iconoclast Tilther across the world and been envious of growers with access to them. Well now you can get your hands on all of these and much more. All shipped free from the UK on any order over £100. Make your food growing easier and more efficient with the best market gardening tools on the market. Plus, with the partnership with us, the Food Grower Academy, we're now giving 5% of all purchases back as tools to new community or not-for-profit growing projects. Head over now to reagtools.co.uk. That's reagtools.co.uk. I think you're so right. It is having that pounds instead of dollars or having um, the access to UK base, where'd you get the lights, where'd you get the racks? Um, Because obviously the racks that are like universal in Costco, and Mm. I mean, I'm pretty lucky, I've got a Costco 20 minutes down the road. Yeah, me too, yeah. Where where I used to be an electrician, I've got like a self-employed card, so I could go in and buy bits. But yeah, like that hasn't been accessible to uh, like everyone. Mm listen like obviously following the americans and canadians and yeah i think it's nice to have that transition and we say the same about market gardening here and that's what we're trying to do with this podcast and the academy is trying to like put it all in one place for the uk because i feel 
as I said before, we're behind those guys over the pond, and it's nice to know where to buy everything like that here. And, and it's the just same- so nice having a hope like what you're doing as well. And I'm looking through all your new equipment lists and stuff, and that's, that's, that's so exciting just to have that accessible. I think people have got it easy these days. I struggled like mad five years ago finding everything, but, you know, it makes sense to help people out now. You know, people can just go on and find stuff instantly rather than, you know, spending weeks and months trying to find things and just trial stuff and... Um, but no, it's it's an exciting time, I think, for market gardening and you know, microgreens specifically. I agree. I agree. And I think we've had, it probably made us better growers because we've kind of had to have gone through <laughs> the shoestring budget <laughs> stuff of like yeah. the wrong size trays. The like, And looking for them was a bit, bit mad. And then yeah. trialing different lights. Um, and I still think my lights are good, but now I'm thinking, oh, I need more on the yeah. same rack. But And I think there's always development and we'll get to that. We I feel like we're getting so close to that sweet spot. Or if, yes. if not, yeah. we're, we're there now, yeah. especially with trays that we've had to develop in this country. Um, yeah. So shout out to Grow Local because we know those guys. Shall, got- shall we talk about the best microgreens trays that's ever been produced? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's give them a shout out. Um, yeah, so, yeah. New Garland microgreen trays produced by um, produced by Garland in the UK and um, distributed and sold by Grand Local up in Scotland. <laughs> microgreen trays you'll ever use. Hooray! <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and, and now it's nice to know where to get the seeds from in the UK as well. Um, uh, so yeah, so if you just, just to discuss that as well, like just yeah. to um, because. As, as we know, seed batches in, for certain crops just change all the time depending on what the harvest has been like from where they're sourcing them from. Um, so just to nip on there and just say, right, this company has just got an amazing batch of this particular seed in, you know, and so people can stock up on it and just kind of helping out in that way as well. Um, I think I think over here, like I, I change my seed supply it quite a lot depending on like what I'm growing what the batch is like I think it seems in America that you know there's one or two places where they just seem very consistent I might yeah. I might be wrong but it, you know you can just say just get your seeds from me and that's it and I think I think over here and particularly some a lot of it like smaller newer suppliers so like um grow local they start doing seeds now and yeah. um, grow so better it's starting to do seeds um as well so i think that's their name sorry if it's not okay um you know so small small places so we have we've got a bigger choice now um which is yeah which is great yeah definitely i've not i've not had too much trouble i, I was buying some seeds before i like ebay but no, it worked, worked. No, yeah. what, what i was worried and i think this is cool because if people are into microgreens mold is the taboo yes. subject and yeah, i think yeah, yeah. uh it'd be cool like we should actually talk about that mm. um because yeah I, I think i've had problems in the container before where i've especially at the minute i'm trying to grow tomatoes and peppers and chilies in there so i'm yeah. watering a bit more so there's more yeah. moisture in there yeah. so it's important to have a dehumidifier yeah and, and things like that but what would you say at the top you like little top tips for like mold issues first of all just get really good seeding um, you know, seed from reputable reputable places. Um, so I, we can add a list to these note cost um, show notes if you want. But um, yeah, proper proper seeds and usually the ones that are sold as sprouting seeds as well. You can basically grow microgreens from any any vegetable seed. It's not yeah. specific seed, but a lot of the ones that um, are sold as sprouting seeds means that they've gone through tests. Um, so tests for E. coli and other other things, and then they're, they're less less likely to go mouldy. 
first of all so getting decent seeding um, then when you've got decent seeding so when you're growing you just need loads of airflow so if there the will be mold spores there's mold spores around us all the time um, but to kind of stop them from settling and um, multiplying and just getting lots of airflow in that room so fans are really good for that we've got one big oscillating fan um, in the grow room I've got a big floor fan and then we've got small like clip-on fans um, on each of the racks as well just to keep that airflow in um, and just an opening windows as well if you you know if you're in a space where you have got windows and you can open them I've got kind of two opposite and that that you know if, if it's warm enough to do that then you know we can get a good good airflow so um, they're, they're the main things and just obviously you grow plants very densely and that does increase the um, you know the likelihood of mould it's like it's, it's warm moist conditions um, but you know if you do have the big problem and you've you know you've got decent seeding you've um, got loads of airflow um, maybe plant slightly less densely maybe have fewer plants in that space as well um, and you know I, I think I feel like I found the sweet spot with my growing space at the moment and you know I could probably get another I don't know like half again in there but I know that I'd probably be a bit too much for the space um, so I've kind of found a sweet spot I've been able to do enough um, but it, the, the room's still you know maintained a decent decent humidity but yeah as you said dehumidifiers in there as well I've, I've got two my, my grow spaces three metres by six metres long um, and I've got two dehumidifiers in there that are on during the winter most yeah all day really um, and that tends to keep humidity down to about 60 percent um, mm. which is which is okay yeah nice really good tips in there as well especially about the uh, what you said about uh, buying sprouting seed as well yeah of, yeah I think that's a really good tip that um, it, tends to, it tends to be what people call them like the, like the the suppliers what they call them if they've you know if they've gone through all the testing um which which they should have been yeah nice nice so I, I'm sure we'll have some uh, uh, reptile reputable seed companies in the show notes um yeah. so yeah brilliant I, I absolutely love that so talking about you you just kind of touched on your grow space there yeah. uh, following you for a while like i'd like to talk about your old grow space and then yeah. the transition to your new one and like the nuanced differences between the two uh, because obviously like you've definitely improved the setup and when you built it was had your mind of like this is my grow room yeah, so I started in, we, we bought our house um, just over five years ago and it just so happened to have a big conservatory on the back, mm. perfect to grow microgreens. Um, so yeah, I started on the windowsill in the conservatory, so plenty less. I, I didn't buy any LED lighting for until that wind, um, I don't think I bought any that winter, you know, it, it was a good fume. I, I wasn't like, I'm growing, I'm growing plants, I need grow lights. I was just using natural light, but we were looking next. It's, it's got a glass roof as well. So um, just on the windowsill in there. And then I bought a couple of racks in the conservatory. So then I just, I turned the conservatory over to just grow in. Um, so we didn't live in there. I've got a separate living room. Um, but I just, I, I tapped the tapped the floor because there was carpet on the floor um, and um, and just, yes, yeah, set, up, set up racks in there. Um, and then the following summer, um, I had a, um, we put the greenhouse in the bottom of the garden, so just a glass greenhouse, um, and th right through from about mid-April through to, I guess, the beginning of September that year, 
I grew, I don't know how I did it, but we grew everything outside completely naturally. Um, no electricity down there at all. <laughs> I think we were just really lucky. It was quite a warm, sunny summer. It was 2018, so... Yeah, really hot. I went well, got September, started getting cooler again, back in the conservatory. So I kind of did that for three years. Like the, the last year of that, I was just in the conservatory the whole time because I was sick of to and throwing from the from the greenhouse conservatory and, and and it was kind of more consistent in the conservatory as well and it, it worked even though I didn't heat the space overnight so I was losing a lot of heat overnight um it get down to like two one degree um and the plants were fine at that that temperature but obviously they just slow right down so I just I just had to factor that into my to my growth cycle so it wasn't perfect but it worked and I managing to you know grow the business I think we were growing the business by about 10 grand a year in the conservatory with with those fluctuations um and then it got to the point where we didn't kind of want to have a massive farm in the house anymore um, so I had to make a decision and originally I wanted to go and find a space to rent out. Um, so I looked I looked around the city um, and generally I looked at quite a few places and generally what I found is um, the like for the for the size of the space that I needed, so quite a small space. I didn't want a massive microgreens farm. Again, it was something that I just wanted to do myself. Um, and th- those size spaces were like office spaces, so they were rented out as office spaces, and no one wanted me to have a farm in an office space. Okay. They were all carpeted, and you know, so. Um, and then the big industrial spaces I found um, were just freezing. Um, they'd have cost a fortune to heat. They'd have been really inefficient. They're all quite old buildings um, around the city, particularly like near city centre. And, you know, I, I've from day one, I've wanted to grow plants as environmentally sustainable and efficiently as possible. Um, so, so that kind of was out. And so what we decided is we we're going to knock our garage down, which was an old pebble dash thing that was falling down anyway, um, and have a brand new wooden structure built on that footprint and that's my new grow room and it's amazing <laughs> it's really, really well and it, it, it was a good decision it was putting a load of money in to start with um but that was kind of summer 2020 so it was like right in the middle of lockdown so that was like july that year um and the business profits have you know paid all that money back into savings yeah. now so i've now got free premises that i don't pay rent for i can fully control the type of electricity that we use in there so it's fully um, renewable from our our home company um, and i can make it as efficient as possible which it is um so so yeah that was that was a good decision for me yeah, it's amazing little. It's amazing space. Um, you can ch- go check out Amy's Instagram, and it's very. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just nice and clean, and I mean, it's filled with veggies against like the white background as well. Like it, all the colours pop. It's 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 really great, and I think that's important to have when talking about like a grow space. Even a shipping container has its like issues. Uh, and stuff like that mm. uh, being uh, closed, but it is about having that like you got to think about how these plants want to live yeah keep it like pretty semi-sterile um and then just yeah uh, and that's what i think it's called because you've built it for a grow room you've thought about everything you need in there as well Um, i was so lucky in that sense that you know i did i did have the money that i wanted to put into it and you know it's the first chunk of money i i i run the business on a shoestring completely i don't spend much on it at all so this was a big um 
big like cash injection but the plus side of that is I could have built exactly what I needed to have built it'd be nice to be slightly bigger but I think that would be the same <laughs> whatever size I've had built I don't want to do it to be slightly bigger um but you know it works and I can you know I've got one two three four is it about eight eight nine grow racks in there including germination racks I've got two big fridges I've got a um a table for planting on for harvesting on I've got a sink in there um, and then some storage space as well you know and that that's in literally six meters by three meters two meters tall um and it works so yeah i were i were able to um you know give the builders a spec of exactly what um exactly what i needed or you know what i thought i needed on on the experience that i had growing already yeah amazing um and something else as well is that your is that the eco side of it so um something i think if you are growing microgreens people worry about the waste as well yeah. so uh can we touch on what you do with your microgreen waste because I, I i'm lucky the waste like, of the produce yeah 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 so like the uh spent compost with the roots oh okay food. yeah so once so everything um so some crops you can you can keep regrowing but i choose not to just because of the size of the space that we've got um so i just grow everything once and i cut it all so then we're left with um you know i have maybe like an inch or so of, of compost with all the microgreen roots in there um and every so after every harvest we harvest twice a week and after each harvest um i tip all that compost it's all bagged up i chop it up we've got a box on the driveway that it's all stored in um um, and then every week um, we have members of our community, so community around Leeds, um, that come and collect it and put it in their compost bins, put it out on their allotments right. as mulch. Um, various, you know, community growing projects come and collect it and, you know, and it's full of nutrients. Like microgreens don't necessarily take all the nutrients that are already in the compost out. So there's still those nutrients left because it, it's such a short um, growth cycle. Uh, but also particularly like pea roots, full of nitrogen. So as soon as they're, they're breaking down, composting down, um, you know, it's low. so it's a really nutritious product. Um, and we save a bit for our own garden, but we, you know, I'm doing about eight to five trays a week. So that's a lot. Of, of waste compost and so yeah for me to be able to get it off site is um, it's brilliant and it's helping other people out you know with them growing their own food wherever that is yeah that that's brilliant and it is a closed loop cycle i've been lucky enough to have the farm and have a huge compost heap and i chuck it on top i'd, lo- I'd love to be able to do that and we just don't have the space with it being at home then, but, but, yeah, that's great that'd be great but you are like you're helping other people's compost heaps you're helping other people's gardens i think that's yeah. important not having that worry of like oh just bin it it's having the um the awareness to be like this is good stuff and it can help others so like people other growers if you haven't thought about it yet contact yeah. local allotments potentially mm-hmm. uh they're, they're it's why it's why i've always favored compost I've, I've always had the best results with compost so i've tried lots of other like growing methods so growing on um like grow felt marts hemp marts um, I quite I quite like hemp as um, as a product. I think hemp's amazing. Um, but I we do need as well as the growing and how well they can be used for growing, we do need to think about, you know, the waste that you're producing. Um and you know, and they will compost back down, but that would probably be a process that I'd have to do myself because it's unlikely that other people would want to come collect a load of hemp mats <laughs> and have them composting for about a year or so. Mm. Um so you know that that's that's something that I've had to think carefully about. Even you know, even Kaya, I think it would be less attractive for people to come. You know, and it's a win-win. Like I'm super grateful that people come collect this from it, as well as you know, it's great for them as well. So, and I need I need that to be attractive to people as well. And the fact that it's it's compost and it breaks down super quick um, is is a big bonus, like both sides. 
completely agree with that. I, I spent a lot of money on a big roll of hemp mats once, and okay, yeah. it got it got waterlogged. The whole box, so it was uh, a big mat, and it was yeah. just done. It was like fifty quid's worth of stuff, yeah, done overnight. But it's a it is a great product, and it, and I think mm. it is each people's space. Like, go with what works for you. Definitely, um, yeah. And so, like, as we come towards the end, I think it's a nice way to talk about your course because people are either starting microgreens so there's mm-hmm. it's like um what to do there and then if you want to go that one step further and grow commercially amy's got a course and yeah just get just plug your course plug it away <laughs> <laughs> it's really really good um no so I, I spent last year so after after having the group and loads of questions all the time people were starting to ask you know can you do you do one-to-one consultations which i also do as well and um, i thought to you know but i've got a limited time a week to be able to do that um so yeah in order to reach as many people as possible i thought i'd make a course so as well as running my microgreens business full-time last year i also i also made an online course um, and it is it's basically it's everything you need to be able to successfully you know set up and run your own successful microgreens um, business in the UK so I spent last year making the course and then by um, October we launched at the beginning of October and just had it open for a week um, and people came on board and you know some people have came on board when they were just you know they'd been in the group for a few months just quite interested in it and still you know decided to come on board some people had you know been running I think we've got someone in there who've been running their microgreens business about two years um, and you know really wanted to um, you know streamline their processes learn how to grow different crops and just learn how to make everything a bit more efficient in their farm and um, you know find find new customer streams as well and so you know maybe sell more produce to distributors so we've got them on board and um, yeah and we're just gearing up now to relaunch um, at the end of March. Um, so yeah, it'll be enrollment. It'll be open again for another seven days at the end of March. Great timing, great timing. So yeah, <laughs> it's it's great because I feel like I, I think it's really important to invest in yourself. And I've done courses on market garden and, and whatever else uh, and microgreens. And I really do feel like any course out there that's available, and especially what I like is is a UK course. So yeah. it's, it's, it's talking to the UK market. Um, so yeah, go check it out. And where can they can they just find that on your Instagram bio? Um, no, not yet. So I'm just in the process. It's what I'm doing this afternoon. So I'm building a website for Farm Microgreens UK um, now, and then that's going to have an, a separate Instagram account with it. But the best thing to do is to get into the Facebook group. Um, so yeah, Farm Microgreens UK on Facebook, and all the information is is in there. And I'll be doing a big build up. Um, if you want to get a free download as well, so I've got like a quick quick start guide, um, like a mini business guide for setting up your microgreens business in the uk and that's at farmmicrogreens.co.uk and um, that'll put you on our email list as well so you'll find out exactly how to um yeah when enrollment opens nice one brilliant brilliant so my next question is going to be like what's coming up for you this year and i'm guessing that's the next bit but past the course is it like just continuously growing are you happy with the size of your business now or is it just like just to keep really happy with the size of my business i think what i um what i 
focus on a lot is just making it as efficient as possible so just absolutely maximizing what we can get out of each tray um so i focus yeah focus on that a lot and if we can get the maximum out of the tray number of trays that i'm growing at the moment then i'll be able to take on new customers um so yeah so trickle of trickling new customers would be really good this year um but mostly focusing on the cost mostly focusing on supporting other people um as well amazing um Yes, yeah, so now we get into the quick fire questions. That's how we like awesome. to end the podcast. Um, <laughs> so yeah, have your sip of coffee or tea and then get rid of it. Um, but yeah, so we start off with what's your favourite tool? And I mean, this is normally for people that are growing food in the garden, but there's definitely little, yeah, there's tools in the microgreen. So it could be even gadget, tool or gadget. I should I should have brought it up. Um, it's, my, it's my cutting knife. Um, I finally moved from scissors to into knife um, about a year and a half ago, um, and I, I love it. It's um, oh god, I can't remember the name of it. It's um, it's a very sharp. It's a Mercer culinary knife, um, and yeah, it's amazing. I recently bought a second one, super sharp, straight through the microgreens, a few yeah. seconds per tray. Uh, is it is it serrated? No. Oh, okay. No, I, that mine is no. an e like, just... it, it looks weird. It's got um, it's, it hasn't got a point on the end. It's just like a flat edge. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, and it's it's brilliant. Super sharp, gets through all of it. Yeah, great, great shot there. Um, <laughs> your favourite growing hack? Do you have a favourite growing hack? Um, I guess a lot of people in the, the micros world know this already, but um, but weighting down seeds to to germinate them. Yeah. Um, is yeah, if you haven't done this before and you're wanting to grow microgreens, so um, instead of just you know planting the seeds under the soil and waiting for them to come up, um, we plant seeds on top of the soil, um, and then we put another tray on top of that and another tray on top of that, and then I've got like four um, block paving bricks on the top of that, and it kind of just helps. Um, it, it, yeah, it just helps even germination um, and to press the seeds into the soil so they get a really good good contact and they can put a root down. Um, and and yeah, wait waiting seeds during germination that's definitely gave me a kick up the bump because i'm using a roof tile i'm using a roof tile but now i've got the bigger trays it's too central and i feel like the weight distribution is pretty pants so i'm gonna get on that today actually i i would say i've used all sorts like people use baked bean tins and, and everything <laughs> but um yeah just yeah having that same weight all the way across just saves any headaches nice um do you have uh is there any micros everyone likes but you dislike Lemon balm. <laughs> I don't like the flavour of it um, personally, but in, t- in terms of in terms of growing, like chefs always ask me for lemon balm, um, and you know it is a good it is a good crop to go on desserts, um, and we don't have that many crops that go well on desserts. But um, but yeah, it's it's a perennial herb, so it's got a really long growth cycle. Um, I don't grow anything over like twenty one days, um, and that takes much longer. And I just yeah, I just don't like the flavour. It's just a, yeah, it's just a personal thing. Oh, yeah, well, there's always one. There's always one little crop. There. One more amaranth as well. I, I just don't like growing amaranth. I always get asked for it. I always, yeah, me too. It's more the fact that I feel like you cut most of the tray and that's one pot. Yeah. I, I don't feel like it's, I don't, don't, I'm not, I'm not getting what the chef's getting out of it. Let's say that. <laughs> I also, I also just like to grow stuff. It, I think it's always useful to grow things that chefs can't get from anywhere else as well. Mm, mm. Almond's really popular, you know, you True. can get it very easily, very cheaply from a distributor. So, um, yeah, not an, not a big Almond fan. Um, do you have an, this is a new question on the podcast. Do you have an embarrassing growing story that you can think of? <laughs> I've been thinking about this um, and I guess 
um, one that I can share um, is yes. <laughs> that, that's half the thing because there's so many things I know that I'm like oh, I can't share that yeah exactly um, so sunflower knuckles I don't know if you've experienced sunflower knuckles but basically the sap from sunflower shoots stain knuckles like a bright browny yellow colour um, and it took me ages to work out why my knuckles just on one of my hands was going brown like a dark brown colour Seriously, I was like, have I had too much iron? Have I did it? What's, what's going on? And I found out, because I used to always cut sunflowers with um, with scissors. And when you cut with scissors, you brush your knuckles along the oh, sap. Okay. So I were going to, I went to a meeting like the next day once, and we, you know, with a top chef, and I looked down at my hands and they were just literally, it looked like I'd been smoking like 40, 40 a day <laughs> for 20 years. Um, so, so yeah, the, the knife's eliminated that now. But yes, yeah, sunflower knuckles, pretty embarrassing if you've got meetings the next day. No, that's a great one. I like that. I've never, I, like, because I've I've gone with the knife from day one, I've never actually experienced that. Mm. But if, if it does happen, I know that I'm not ill, <laughs> which is good. <laughs> yeah. um, so the last question that everyone wants to know, do you prefer a morning coffee or tea or an afternoon beer or wine in Amy's grow room? I've got to choose one, haven't I? That's really unfair. Yeah, what we've done is we've let people go, oh, but I like morning beer, uh, coffee. No, morning (laughs) beer, Jesus. Uh, Morning coffee, and then I like an afternoon beer, but we're trying to to get a a tally going. So I think we're trying to edge you one way. Well, I'd only have an afternoon beer if it's sunny and warm in the garden afterwards. So I'd go for morning tea. Morning tea and then an hour later tea and then another hour later another tea, like throughout the day. Morning tea is my answer, Jack. Proper, no- <laughs> proper northerner. <laughs> <laughs> no, I Hot love tea that. every half an hour. Yeah, that's it, that's it. <laughs> um, right, this has been great, Amy, by the way. Uh, really love speaking to you and getting those really professional answers as well so i think that's good whoever's listening is going to get a lot a lot of uh value from this podcast so where can we where can we find you um online and yeah what's it what's like the best best way to find you okay so so my farm is called nell's urban greens uh, we're based in leeds so um, there's an instagram account for nell's urban greens and a facebook group for um sorry a facebook page for nell's urban greens um, and then if you're interested in doing this kind of thing for a business then i'd highly recommend joining the farm microgreens uk facebook group awesome yeah respect and recommend to anyone wanting to get into microgreens yourself Thanks, Jack. thank you very much and we shall see you soon bye amy Bye-bye, bye. Bye. So you may or may not have noticed my voice wasn't in this one. I was up against it that day. And so a massive thank you to Jack for taking the uh, reins with that one. A fantastic interview. I'm sure you agree. A big thank you and apologies from me to Amy. Fantastic tips in there if you want to get going with microgreens. I was writing down throughout the whole thing. So thanks very much to Amy and to Jack. And a huge thank you to our sponsors, the normal sponsors of Direct Plants Limited, the brilliant guys at Natural Grower, and to our new sponsor, React Tools. We're excited to work with all of them. And if you want to find out more, you can head to foodgrower.co.uk. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next one.